sounds good right now after what we just experienced, doesn't it? <laughs> How are you guys doing this morning? You good? You good? Now, what an honor it is to be here. Get a few moments to share with you today what God's put on my heart. Pastor Shane, he left out part of the story. Uh, it was a couple years ago that we did move down here, but you would have no idea the impact that these two have had on my wife and my wife's life, our kids' life. Your pastors this morning, Shane and Rachel, they walked through some of the toughest times with us, and they loved us. They cared for us. They challenged us. <laughs> they cried with us in their living room multiple times. So can we give our pastor Shane and Rachel some love and some honor today? Come on, church. Come on. We love you guys so much. We love you so much. I just want to jump back on what Pastor Shane was saying for next week. Like next Sunday, you do not want to miss it. FOMO exists. The fear of missing out. Next Sunday, you need to be here to hear some fresh vision for the fall I'm so excited to hear from our pastor. God is doing something here. Like, I've, I've broken down in tears twice today already in worship. Like, it's, it's not, and Pastor Shane's a rock usually Sunday mornings, and it, it may not go good this morning. And so we're excited for what God's doing here in this church. But you know what? I don't want to leave summer in the past too soon. Like, I, I'm excited for the fall. I'm excited for what God's going to do in our church in this fall. But sometimes we just have to stop for a moment, right, and look back on what God's done, right, with a heart of thankfulness. And I don't know what it was for you. You know, maybe this summer it was that champion series. Remember that series Pastor Shane taught, calling out the champion in somebody else and calling the champion out of ourselves? Maybe it was in 21 Days of Prayer. I don't know if you were journeying with us in August, but twice a year there's 21 Days of Prayer that where we focus our time and our energy around prayer and leaning into God. What does God have for us this coming season? Maybe God changed and trained something in your heart in those 21 days, or maybe this past summer, summer 2018 at Resonate Church, you made a decision to follow Jesus. And we as a church family are excited for you. There's been well over 100 people since we launched that have made decisions to follow Jesus. So church, can you give God some, some praise this morning? Come on. So good. So we're thankful. We look back with thankfulness, and we look ahead to what God's going to do in this place. I'm so, so thankful for what God's doing already in worship this morning. Can you sense the presence of God here already? I'm so thankful for Beck and the team. And so today I want to bring to you a word. I want to speak to you about a topic, a theme. It's a word that reoccurs often throughout the New Testament. And Pastor Shane mentioned it's that word grace. And that's the free and unmerited favor of God. Keywords being free and unmerited favor of God. Now you might be here today and you've heard the word grace before. You've heard the context of grace and it might make sense to you. Or you might have been around church your whole life and you're like, yeah, 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 pastor, I get, I get it. I get it, I get it. I get grace. I get that whole grace thing. But here's the problem that I see today is that we actually don't get it. We don't fully understand the weight of grace. Because if we did, our lives would actually look a whole lot differently than they do, Right? Our decisions will look a whole lot different than they do. Now, if you're new to Resonate today, so good to have you here. There's a guy in the New Testament by the name of the Apostle Paul, and he actually brings us this, what he calls gospel of grace, so the good news of grace. 
Now, Paul, he was a, he was a heavy hitter in the New Testament, and Jesus didn't actually speak about grace. Jesus never brought this gospel of grace because he actually was grace. He was the embodiment of grace. So it wasn't until after his death and resurrection and ascension that Paul would come along with this gospel of grace. Now, Paul, he was a big deal, right, in the Christian faith. He planted many of the early churches, spread the gospel in the modern world. He actually wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. So when this guy says something, we kind of should start maybe listening to what he says. And in Acts 20, he says this about the weight of grace. Verse 24, he says, But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish the course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. In other words, my life is meaningless. Nothing else matters if it wasn't for the grace of God. And Paul starts to scratch the surface at what this gospel of grace should mean for us. And today I want to paint a picture for you. I want us to kick it old school today for a moment. Go back to the Old Testament before Jesus I want to talk to you about a story in the book of Hosea about a young pastor prophet named Hosea. And other than the crucifixion of Jesus, so the death, resurrection of Jesus, there may be no other history, no other story, sorry, in history that shows the expression and demonstration of the love and the grace of God like the story of Hosea in all of Scripture. So back about 750 years ago, before Jesus would arrive on the planet, God would speak to people through people. So God would speak a word to men and to women, and they in turn would speak to people. It was a warning sometimes, uh, maybe a word of encouragement, and those people were called prophets. In some ways, they were like, kind of like the pastors of the time. So there's young Hosea. God's called him to be a prophet. God's speaking to him. He's excited, right? He's on a mission. He's ready for his first assignment from God. And here's what God says to Hosea. Here's the assignment that he gives him. In Hosea chapter 1, verse 2. So when the Lord first spoke to Hosea, the Lord told him, marry a prostitute and have children with that prostitute. The people in this land have acted like prostitutes and abandoned the Lord. Assignment number one, Hosea, young preacher just ready to go, is go marry a prostitute and have children with that prostitute. Can you imagine this interaction? Think about the interaction between Hosea and God when he gives him his first assignment, like, are you kidding me? And God's like, yeah, no, no, I'm not kidding you. I want you to go and marry a prostitute. And you know what Hosea what, did? He went. He was obedient to God in his first assignment, and he went, he went down to the brothels, and he found a prostitute there. And he brought her home and he married her. And her name was Gomer. Gomer. Like, I don't know if you're having a baby soon. Maybe you want to grab a pen, just jot that baby name idea down there. Gomer. Her name was Gomer. So he brings her home. Brings her out of the brothels. He marries her. And they have some kids together. Well, they have one son for sure. There was a daughter and another son that came. The Bible's not explicit on whether those were Hosea's kids or not, those last two. But they were a family of three. Gomer. Hosea, and three kids. So they're doing life together as a family, right? And then one day, we don't know what happened. We don't know what incidences happened or what events led up to this. But one day, Hosea, he comes home, and Gomer's gone. She's gone. And not just for a while. She's actually packed up 
and left. And so now we have this young prophet, right? This young preacher on assignment from God who's now he's a single dad. He's got three kids. He was obedient in his mission. And can you imagine what you'd be feeling at that time? You'd be angry. You'd be hurt. God, why? I was obedient to you. I did what you told me to do. And now this? Have you ever felt like Hosea before? You ever felt like you were obedient to God? Like you stepped out in faith to do something? Maybe you got out of your comfort zone. And now you're in a world of hurt. You're in a season of pain. And you're like, God, why? Why, why, why? Like you didn't think obedience would be or should be this difficult. You know, for me and my family, like Pastor Shane mentioned two years ago, we moved from Kelowna down here. Uh, We felt we were being obedient to God, hearing his voice to come and help Pastor Shane and Rachel plant this church. But I'll tell you, in the first year of Resonate Church, it was difficult. We found ourselves in the toughest time we had ever had in our 11-year marriage. Our finances were never more stretched than they'd been in a decade in that first year we were down here. And you know what? To be honest, there are times that I looked at God and I blamed God. And I was angry at God. And I was like, God, look what we did for you. Look what we did. Look at the sacrifice we made for you. Then one morning I was in prayer. I felt God just speaking to my heart. And I love this about God. This is so God that even in times where we're a wreck and we're in pain, not always is he coming along with some encouraging word for us, right? Sometimes it takes him to actually challenge us in those moments. And so what I felt God just speak to my heart is he said, Troy, you thought this was your sacrifice. Mm, you thought this was something that you did for me. No, 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 no. No, Troy, I saw you. I saw Rachel. I saw Bennett, and I saw Adelaide, and I saw McCarthy. You know what? I had a purpose and a plan for your life that you needed help walking into. Oh, you thought you sacrificed for me. You thought this is you doing something for me. No, 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 no. I opened a door for you. I opened a door for you so you could walk into the purpose and plan that I had for you. But God, why then? Why is this so difficult? This is your plan. If this is your purpose, then why am I in so much pain right now? And God spoke to my heart. And he's like, I'm raising you up in this financial challenge that you're going through right now so you can sit with another couple who can't pay their rent this month and actually relate to them. Maybe for the first time ever, relate to them. And on the other side of fighting for your marriage, you're going to get to sit with couples and fight along with them for their marriage. Oh, Troy, remember that Christian school experience that you had planned out for your kids, that safe little place in Kelowna? No, I had a place for you. I had people in Coquitlam, in the public school system, who were far from me, who needed to hear from you and to be loved and accepted. You know, I had a spiritual... I had a ministry journey for you. I planned this thing out way before you were born. But you know what you needed? You needed a mom and a dad, a spiritual mother and father to walk this journey with you. And I've got someone in mind. I've got someone in mind. They're in Coquitlam right now. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to drop them on your doorstep, literally in Kelowna. And that's our pastor, Shane and Rachel. And I'll tell you today that my wife and I, we wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't for the love and the grace and the care of our lead pastors. But more than all of that, more than all of that, God was saying, but you needed to see my heart. 
You need to feel the weight of grace like you've never felt it before. You need to see people who are far from me. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt pain? Have you ever felt like you're in a season that you just, you just can't get out of? Maybe you're blaming God this morning for the season that you're walking through. But you know what's incredible about grace? What's incredible about grace is that grace is always available to you. Jesus is always available. The relationship, the intimacy with Jesus is always available to you. You know what doesn't change? Grace doesn't change. You know what changes? Is our perceived need of grace, right? Like we live in beautiful BC, baby. Beautiful British Columbia, right? We've got the mountains, the lakes, the oceans. We've got our houses, our cars, more than two-thirds of the entire world, we've got the money and the stuff. Do we even need grace at times? Like, are we in need of a Savior? I want to challenge you with a thought today. In your pain and what you're going through today, so often for me what it's been, it hasn't been a problem with my problem. It's been a proximity problem, an actual proximity to God, that when I'm far from God and I've got a small problem, it seems huge because I'm carrying the weight of it, right? But when I move closer to God, not away from him, but closer to him, and I lean into him, you know what changes? In that moment, nothing changed for me. My marriage still needed work. Our finances were still a mess. You know what changed for me? My perspective in a moment. My perspective changed. And when I was clenching my fists at God, saying, God, why? In that moment, my perspective changed and went from clenched fists to hands raised, saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness. Thank you for seeing us. Thank you for your plan for our life. I want to encourage you with that today, church. If you're going through a season, make your proximity close to God. So there's Hosea. His wife's left. He's a single dad. He's got three kids now, right? He's on his own. And God speaks to him again. And this is what God says in Hosea chapter 3. God says, go and love your wife again. Even though she is loved by others and has committed adultery, love her as I, the Lord, love the Israelites, even though they have turned to other gods. Hosea, assignment number two, go and love your wife. Go and find your wife. Go and find Gomer and bring her back home. So now this young prophet, right, this young preacher, assignment number two now, he's got to go back to the brothels, black to the place where no pastor should ever be. You ever been somewhere where you should have never been before? You know that awkward, icky feeling when you go somewhere and you're in a place where you shouldn't have been? You know, grade seven, I was on this field trip. I know why you're laughing already. But uh, grade seven, we went on this field trip to the pool. And... Uh, the name of the pool doesn't matter. Um, anyways, in case you were there. We were at this pool, and we were swimming with our friends. Uh, you know, class was there having fun, and uh, swim time was over. Everyone's getting out of the pool. And, and I'm, walking, I'm walking back down. This is the exact direction. I'm walking down the pool deck, and I'm by myself, uh, which was rare because I, you know, I had a lot of friends in grade 7, so it's kind of first time I was ever walking by myself in grade 7. But I'm walking down the pool deck, and you kind of get to the end of the deck towards the change rooms, and there's this... You know, there's the, the brick corridor that goes this way, and there's the brick corridor that goes that way. You know what I'm talking about, right? But if you're walking towards it, 
and you miss the little sign right at the start of that hallway, like the little the men's and women, if you miss that sign and you get through into that hallway, you're, you're, you're doomed, right? You're screwed because there is no other sign on the wall, like a secondary sign <laughs> saying, hey, in case you just missed the one back there, there's a, you know, you might be going the wrong direction. And so there I am in my lanky, awkward, wet, short, short, grade seven body, right? I mean, probably looking like I am today in some ways. I haven't changed much since grade seven, right? <laughs> Little more hair, but I'm walking, right? And I don't know this, but I'm about three seconds and a sharp right-hand turn from being in a place that I shouldn't have been, which was directly in the women's communal shower. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been somewhere that you should not have been? I know still, I don't know who's more traumatized, the ladies that were there or myself, but it actually feels good to get that out because it's been 23 years. <laughs> 23 years I've been holding that story. <sighs> Got that weight off of me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, it's not my fault. Right, it's not my fault. But there's Hosea. God tells him to go find Gomer. This woman was the least deserving. She had left him, abandoned him with three kids, back to the life that she was living before. And you know what God's doing in Hosea chapter 3? You know what he's doing here? Is he's, he's taking Hosea and he's making him a visual representation of what 700 years later Jesus would do on the cross for us. The salvation we experience today, 700 years later after Hosea. That's what he was setting him up for. Because oftentimes we want to be a character in this story, right? Okay, the story of Hosea, Gomer, who am I? Who am I? You know who we are today? is we're Gomer. We are Gomer. We are the prostitute in this story. And you might be thinking to yourself, ah, ooh, pastor, I don't know, my God. I, I, would, I would probably never do that. Like, I would never do that. I would never lead that type of life. I wouldn't probably go there or do that. Are you sure, though? Because all Gomer was doing what she was looking for in somebody else, which she should only be looking to her husband for. And how often in our lives, how often are we looking from other things or other people what we should only be looking to God for? And what would go against any rational thought? Any advice that any of us in here would probably have given him, he goes and he pursues his wife. He goes and he chases her down. He goes on a rescue mission to find his wife. Not only is grace always available to you, it's pursuing you. We don't serve a God that sits back and is like, Man, I hope they get it together soon. I'll just be waiting back here until they get together. No, no, we serve a God that is pursuing us every single day. And what a beautiful picture this is of Resonate Church, isn't it? This vision and mission that we have from our pastors, from God, to go into the darkest places of our city, the darkest places of our families and of our workplaces to rescue people, to pull them out, to bring them the gospel of Jesus Christ. That every person that would walk through those doors would feel loved and accepted and cared for and seen, not because they deserve it, 
Because we never deserve this, did we? We don't deserve the next breath that we take. Because of what Jesus has done for us, the grace that he has given us, our only response is to go after people, to go rescue people, to love the unlovable, to see the forgotten. You thought you were showing up here to a Sunday morning service. You were showing up to a rescue mission every single Sunday here at Resonate Church. Are you with me? So there's Hosea going brothel to brothel. Have you seen her? Have you seen Gomer? Have you seen my wife? And then he finds her. And he can't just take his wife home. He can't just take her home. He actually has to buy her back. It says in Hosea 3, verse 2, So I bought her for 23 ounces of silver and 10 bushels of barley. Then I told her, you must wait for me a long time. Don't be a prostitute or offer yourself to any man. I will wait for you. He had to buy his wife back. What was rightfully his, he paid a price for. So not only is God, is grace always available to us, not only is it pursuing us, but grace will buy you back time and time and time again. Grace will always buy you back. You might be thinking to yourself today, is I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy of that grace. Pastor, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've seen. You don't know what I've done. You don't know who I've hurt. You don't know what my summer looked like. And you know what? I don't know. I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know what your past looked like. But you know what I do know is I know that in Matthew chapter 9, there's some religious leaders, these like real religious like hoity-toity folk that had a problem with Jesus. You want to know why they had a problem with Jesus? Because he was sitting and eating with tax collectors and sinners, right? And so then he goes to the disciples. These, these, these religious leaders go to the disciples and, and say, why is Jesus sitting with these, this scum, these rejects, these outcasts? Why is he doing that? And Jesus, he overhears them. I love this. Here's what he says to them. He says, those who are well have no need of a physician. But those who are sick, go and learn what this means. Then he quotes Hosea 6.6. 6. He actually quotes the Old Testament Hosea, and he says this to them. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. In other words, I don't, desi I don't desire the things, the rituals and stuff that you're doing. I desire mercy, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. The very thing in your life this morning, the very thing in your life that you've identified as keeping you from God, keeping you from being able to experience the full weight of grace and love from God is the very reason why Jesus came. That's the reason he came. There's a lot of pain in this room today. I see the cards come through every week, the prayer requests. Some of you are walking through the deepest, darkest places you've ever been through before. I was there, I was sitting in your seat a number of years ago. And you know what I thought? I thought that some of those things disqualified me 
from the grace of God. You might be here today and you feel disqualified. You don't feel worthy. But what you're going through, your past, that doesn't disqualify you. That qualifies you for the grace of God. That qualifies you for the love of God today. Because you were worth it. You were worth it. You were worth the sacrifice. Chris, you were worth it. You were. Dave, you were worth it, man. You were, man. You were worth it. The sacrifice, you were worth it. So what do we do with this today? This reminder of this grace and this love. You're the band's back. We're going to sing a song of response in a moment. But maybe you're here today. Maybe you feel like Gomer. Like you feel far from God. You don't feel worthy that a God in heaven should see you and be reaching and rescuing you today. Maybe that's you. And my prayer for you is in these next few moments, as we go back to sing and respond to God, that in a moment, everything can change in His presence. I believe that with all my heart. In one moment in the presence of God, everything can change. In the bridge that we're about to sing, it says, chains fall. Fear, bow, hear now. Jesus, you change everything. That is my prayer. This song has been an anthem for me over the last couple weeks. I have been singing and praying this song over all of you here this morning. But maybe you're here today, you feel like Hosea. You're feeling stretched. Like, I don't know how I'm gonna get through the next few months is what's coming. Maybe the kids are going back to school and you had a bad summer. Maybe it was a tough summer with the kids. Now you're putting them back into school, but you don't know what that's gonna look like for them. My prayer this morning for you is that you would feel the weight of grace. You'd experience the full measure of the grace and the love of God, that your capacity would increase today as we move into a fall season, right? An exciting season that God would expand your boundaries. He would reprioritize your priorities this morning. Would you stand with me this morning? God, thank you for what you're doing in this place right now. God, your presence is here. You're speaking to hearts right now. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you went to that part of town to rescue us. You had no problem going to that part of town to rescue us, God. As we move into this fall, would you expand our capacities, God? we're feeling like Gomer today, God, would you meet us where we're at? Would you break the chains off of our life of addiction, of hurt and pain? Jesus, thank you, God, for what you're doing in this place. Thank you for your son. Thank you for his sacrifice for us, God. We respond to you this morning. We say all for you, Jesus. We're wide open this morning to what you'd have what you would do in our lives. Come on, church, can we sing this song today as a team leads us? Show us your glory. Show us your glory. 
moment, your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Maybe you're here this morning. And this is new to you, this weight of grace, this love. Maybe you're here today and you haven't taken that first step. You never made a decision to follow Jesus, to surrender everything to Jesus. In a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. Maybe you're here today, and at one time you were close to God, like you were near, you were in close proximity, but now you find yourself far. I don't mean just a little bit of sin, I mean you're far from God, and today is your day. Grace has been pursuing you. Jesus has been pursuing you, and today you want to say, I want to recommit my life to Jesus. I'm going to give you an opportunity in a moment to do that. If you're here today, and today is your day, we're not going to center you out. We're not going to call you out. We're not going to bring you down to the front. All I want you to do is in a moment is to be brave enough just to slip up your hand to say, Pastor, include me today. Include me in the prayer today. On the count of three, if that's you today, would you raise your hand? One, two, three. If that's you this morning. See your hands all over the room this morning. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. It's good you can put your hands down. Whether you raised your hands today or maybe you didn't, but in your heart you wanted to so bad, would you join with me in this prayer? Follow along as I pray. Church, can you help me this morning? You say, Dear Jesus, today I give you my life my full surrender. Jesus, I believe you died and rose again for the full forgiveness of my sins, for my freedom. Jesus, I surrender my life to you today. Help me to live like you. I love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Can we put our hands together for those that made that decision today? Come on. Oh, summer. It sounds good right now after what we just experienced, doesn't it? <laughs>